This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of November 1st, Turkey Month. Halloween and October's behind us. We are recording, though, on Halloween. I'm your host, D-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined by the beautiful and gorgeous editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Todd Turner, and Kyle McFadden. Kovac, since we're recording on Halloween, uh, what what was your all-time favorite uh, costume? For trick-or-treating, or did you even really trick-or-treat? Yeah, I definitely trick or did trick-or-treat, and I, I remember I remember like a homemade Batman costume that I had like way back, maybe like about 12 years old. Heck, we used to be able to go back that back in our, our day, you know, we're really old here now, I guess, you know, back in uh, going to elementary school in the 80s. I mean, like, I, I can remember the pictures of like every single kid in the and the whole class being dressed up and sitting at their table, you know, at their desk. This is definitely second grade. I know that. And our teacher would come in and have to guess who everybody was. Like the the parents would come in and get everybody, you know, arranged. That does not happen at schools anymore, as far as I know. I I don't I don't. They had a we had, you know, parades outside on the on the playground. So, uh, boy, it was a lot more fun back then, I guess. But I don't. Wait, know. How, I was like I early know, 80s. Did you know it was second because you had a crush on your teacher then, or how did you? Well, that's my favorite so all time teacher. Yeah. Yes, I would say that because uh, that was my favorite all time teacher, second grade. Uh, uh, Miss Sorelli. Yeah, she was. I can still remember her. She was, uh, you know, I, I yeah, that, that was my, we, that was, that was the best grade ever. That's how I can remember that grade. Everything she did was great as, as a teacher. Had the deep, dark, dead oh, yeah. meeting area in the corner too. So let me tell you that. Okay. We can go on now. <laughs> yeah. Batman's a good, Batman's a good costume. If I was going to go for a driver at a Halloween party, I would go with like a 2008 or nine T-Mac, get like the blonde tips. <laughs> Yeah. We both have blue eyes. I could pull that off. I think that'd be a great one. Just going around going like this, you know, like clapping. I think that'd be a good photo. Uh, good, we should have uh, done that. We, we, we forgot about that. This was October 3rd. We, we should have like, come on with – yeah, we, next, next time, next year. Next year, we come with a costume for uh, for the podcast, right? A racing, yes. racing-oriented, you know, Earl Baltus with the yes. hat up or something. Yeah. So, usually when Halloween comes, it's always the week leading uh, – the week before – you could go, no, it, maybe 10 days prior, but of the world finals. And Todd Turner, it's a kind of a, com, compared to other events, it's really relatively new. It started, you know, in 2006-ish uh, in Charlotte, one of the most beautiful facilities we see all year long. Probably the most fans we see all year as well. I, I mean, arguing-wise, maybe the World 100 might have a little more people, but it's damn close. You got three Premier divisions with the big blocks. Kovac loves those. The sprint cars and, of course, of course, the super late models. Like, that event is something else. And if you're a race fan, I think you have to make it down to Charlotte because it's a spectacle, in my opinion. It's definitely um, a great way to end the season for those guys. You know, you, you look back, as a matter of fact, I went back and looked at some of the other series, uh, enders over time. You know, sometimes it's just kind of – it's been kind of a ho-hum ending. And that they have this ending uh, combined with the sprint cars and the big blocks uh, gives the World of Outlaws late model series a real uh, a real shot in the arm. And it makes it an event. Uh, it hasn't always been the biggest paying event. They do have it where now pays 25000 to win for that finale, uh, which is solid. Um, but before it was often, you know, very a very, very tough field. Uh, for just ten thousand to win in some cases, so uh, it, it lives up to the, lives up to uh, 
the adult, the the way to be uh to have a finale finale that means something and that also is a great place to crown your champion and uh you know right there across the street from NASCAR Charlotte Motor Speedway uh it um it it is a a true fine ending to the series for those guys. Yeah, last year we had 68 cars enter the event. Kovac, we liked last year's format a little better, though, because we got a day off. <laughs> I know you were a little sleepy, though, on the late model off day. You didn't even make it to the racetrack. You just kind of what settled in and watched the movie. But this weekend, we got four days. Wednesday is going to be the qualifying practice rounds, and I think or the big blocks usually race heat races. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not Sunday, excuse me. We're going to have racing for all three divisions. It's they, it's action-packed for those four days now. Yeah, it's a, it's a marathon of racing, that's for sure. There's lots of uh, lots of laps going to be run at uh, at Charlotte because there's so many cars. Uh, usually, we're usually over 60, maybe 70 to 80 sometimes with the, with the late models. The sprint cars are normally in the 40s to 50s, and the same with the modifieds right in that 40 area. So that's a lot of race cars, a lot of headline division race cars. Um, and with the cold temperatures, I mean, they've already moved up the, the start times a, a little bit, you know, because it's supposed to get pretty chilly at night, nice and clear all week, but still chilly at night. So uh, try to keep the cold temperatures, uh, uh, oh, oh, you know, get most of the stuff done before the cold temperatures really start coming, uh, you know, as, as the, as the evening goes on, <clears throat> but it's, um, it's, a uh, uh, it, it is a spectacle of, of racing. And last year I, I kind of did like, if they, they did move it up to four days last year, that was the first time, you know, aside from those years when they actually had, they added that, uh, you know, topless race that was for the out world of outlaws, late miles that was usually run in uh, October when that would get rained out or something, they'd add that to the, to the schedule, um, to start off the week. I mean, I think it happened once or twice, but this is the, this is the first time that every division will be running all four days and, that's going to make it a little bit, it's, it's got, it's got a grueling for, I would say for everyone. Uh, Cause if they're going to have race cars on the track, I think by three o'clock each day, so or three, you know, maybe five, a little bit later the first day, cause it's only qualifying about five, but three o'clock to start racing each day or, or start having uh, engines on that, you know, engines running. That's a, that's, that's a lot of hours for those crews to be, uh, you know, every, and everyone to be at the racetrack. So, um, you can be eating lunch and dinner there, maybe uh, if you're uh, uh, maybe been breakfast too, I guess, if you're all the all the guys in the pits. Oh, speaking of uh, lunch and dinner at the World Finals, I know Kyle McFadden. He's going to be looking forward. Oh, to, yes. To the nice hospitality they got in the media center for the first time last year. He had pound cake, and he was in heaven. I expect pictures galore, <laughs> Kyle McFadden, of all your eateries this weekend. Because they usually feed us pretty well there, but you love that event as well. You get to see the sprint cars, which obviously you're a big fan of. The big blocks are always exciting. Then of course the late models, where you're going to be there covering some stuff there for us as well. Uh, it's it's pretty cool just to see like Donnie Shots racing the same night as like Bobby Pierce and you know Matt Shepard. He can, you know he's around there as well for the big blocks. It's a, it's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. I I knew and was waiting for. Um the mention of, of the assortment of food up in the media tower. Um, didn't think that it would come, you know, 12 minutes into the show here, but um, Hey, I mean, that's a highlight of the week here for us too. So, um, but I think just like um, 
the overall like event atmosphere, right? Like truthfully, I mean, this is, this is my third world finals. And so, um, it's just like, obviously like at the end of the season here, everybody's raced out. If you want to say that, and, and, you know, drivers and teams are a lot of guys, right. Have hit the hundred race mark, 80 race mark, 90 race mark. I mean, Ricky Thornton Jr. This week, he'll be racing his 112th, 13th, and 14th race of the season. Uh, and, and that like counts for like micros and just like other endeavors that he's been partaking in this year too. But like, you know, he and his race team, every other big race team, every other big driver, name, you know, personality, you name it, you know, they always make time for the world finals, right? Even this late in the season. Um, and so I just think that 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 the event roster in and of itself, as Kevin had mentioned, um, across the board too, like sprint car drivers all around the nation, they'll be coming down to obviously, you know, the big block modified faithful. I mean, those Canadians, <laughs> they travel well. And so, um, it's, it's, it's just cool to, to have, um, every corner it, it seems of the dirt racing world, you know, converge here this, this week. And, and it's just cool to, uh, to, to give it, I feel like, um, like a proper send off, you know, for like the, like the outlaws. And so, um, it's, it's just a good time. And, uh, I'll be camping with my dad here this week too. This will be his second world finals. He had his first experience at the world finals last year and, uh, said the same exact thing that, you know, he wants to, to make that a year end trip for him. And, and, uh, it's, it's just cool. Um, so it's, it's, uh, neat to be part of that. And, uh, have uh, our Phil also too with uh, some good food up in the press box, pound cake, you name it. And also like the fruit topping too, you know, that they have on the side there, some, some cool whip, you know, and, and they, they really do it right. So, yeah. It's four days now, Kyle. So you got to pace yourself. I know you have to pace a lot yourself. of qualifying. You got to, you got to be able to make sure you're dialed in for all four days. 25 lap sprint. I mean, this is like a hundred lap you know, race where you have to, it's attrition, right? You know, you just have to manage yourself, you know? Yeah. I saw that they posted a ticket spot for the event out of all 50 states and six countries. So it's definitely, you know, one of those top tier events in uh, short track racing. Kovac, we'll go right back to you. Uh, Kyle kind of mentioned it. It's just a perfect way to end the world of outlaw season. Uh, before that, though, like 2004 or 2007, they went down to Volusia, kind of ho-hum. You're not going to get as big a crowd as you did for, like, speed weeks at the beginning of the year. But when you're racing in front of that many people and they crown the champion with that cool trophy and they raise it up with, you know, all three divisions at the same time and you have, you know, 15,000 people in the stands, I don't even know how many people are on the grounds total. It, it means something. It, like, when Bobby Pierce, you know, raises that trophy, he's, he's going to be like, damn, this is pretty cool, I feel like, because it's – it's a lot better than probably going to Volusia for those, you know, couple of years before they decided to make this event. Yeah, there's no, uh, there's no race that 
uh, a dirt late model driver will stand in front of more people in one grandstand. I mean, maybe more people at Eldora or something, but again, they're spread around when they're, this is just one big old grandstand, you know, and they get out of that car and you're right in front of them in that little area and in front when you win the race. And then also when the champions go on the racetrack there for the, you know, for their presentations after the, I mean, it, that's, it, it's a pretty cool situation there for everybody. Uh, it wasn't like that the first few years of the World of Outlaws late model series. You know, the first year in 2004, the season ended at, at Delta Bowl down there in, in Tunica, Mississippi. I mean, kind of off the beaten path of late models and the same for the, last, for the next two years. The World Race Group tried to develop something, a big ender there at Volusia. Uh, since, they, since they owned uh, Volusia Speedway Park, they, um, they had the Gator 100 down there. I think they paid 20,000 and 30,000 to win in the, in 2005 and 2006. And both of those years were great finishes for the, for the points. Steve Francis and, and uh, Billy Moyer tied for the championship in, in 2005. And, and that was like with a last lap pass by, uh, by Moyer of, of, of Francis. And, and, and Moyer got it by having the, you know, the, the tiebreaker. And in the next year, there were six guys that had a chance for the title. Uh, going into that Gator 100. I mean, it, it was a shorter season, sort of. They only had like 32 races, I believe, uh, that year. So it was less races, and everybody stayed close, and McCready ended up winning that. But there were six guys that in contention. Pretty cool. I mean, that that's never happened. I don't think you might not ever see that happen again. Uh, the unfortunate thing was that was in Volusia in, in October. It just doesn't get the crowds that they do for speed weeks. Uh, you don't have the people coming down there all over from all over the country. Uh, it, it was a it was a small crowd, and it, there wasn't streaming then too. Let, let's talk about that too. I mean, everyone more people would see it now with the streaming, but the whole atmosphere of the track uh, it wasn't what it was should be for a big finish uh, of a World of Outlaw season. And the same could be said for the sprint cars. I'm not sure where the sprint cars were finishing their years, but it wasn't anything big. It wasn't a big uh, event. And, and I remember sitting at a table after the World of Outlaws, but I was working with the Outlaws that year. It was my first year. And, and at a table after the banquet, in the banquet room, and Ben Geiser was there, and series director Tim Chrisman was there, and some other, I think Tom Deary might have been there too. I, there was a few, you know, definitely people from the World Racing Group talking about, like, how could you make this better? How could this become a better finish? And, and, and and it was pretty much agreed on this. It couldn't be at Volusia. It just was too far away. It has to be in the middle of racing late model country. And then a few months later, it wasn't too long after that. I think it was more Ben Geisler, Roger Slack from Charlotte. They kind of sat down, kind of hatched out this plan to do the late models and sprint cars, world finals, ended at Charlotte, the, the great facility that it is, in the heart of racing country, in the heart of late model I mean, so accessible from everybody and boom, it was, it was off and running after that huge crowd capacity for the first year in 2007. And it's pretty much been like that ever since, including with the addition of the big blocks. Well, yeah, we can't forget about the big blocks, Kovac. We get it. That's They're right. One of the premier they didn't start they with them. Right. Yeah. That, you, you look I, at, you go to Charlotte and look at all those uh, tents on the backstretch that they've added now. Like, you know, for the, like, the VIP. It's big block country. It's big block country. I mean, there are, I, I would have to say there are more big block affiliated sponsors buying up those, uh, those tents than any of the other two, either of the other two divisions. It's, there's lots 
a big block representation there. There's no doubt about it. It's it's a it's a second super dirt week for for big blocks, really. All right, Todd. So we're kind of at what this will be the 16th World Finals if it started in 2007. I think 16th or 17th, right, right around there. My math sometimes isn't the greatest. Uh, 2020, we had like hardly any fans because of COVID. Where would you rank this? Because I remember during Quarantake, I considered it as a top 10 crown jewel race just because the magnitude of just the event, how many fans are there, the car count. Where would Todd Turner rank it, though, in the terms of events? Would you consider it a crown jewel is the first question. Well, I'm I'm a little soured on the crown jewel uh, terminology, so <laughs> I better stay away from that. That, that That's kind of uh, – It's a marquee event, though. I, I don't know. Yeah, no doubt about that. And I think it definitely was one of those events where even if you couldn't call it a crown jewel or singular, that's that's one thing. It's always had two features, which also makes it a little bit, uh, and now three features, which makes it a little bit, you know, more tricky to 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 decide, what, you know, who, who the big winner was or whatever, unless somebody swept it. So um, it was certainly a big weekend, and it certainly ranks high on the list of um, – I guess events. Yeah, definitely marquee events. Maybe that's a good way to say it. Uh, it, It's starting to get that history, though. You know, it's been around for a while. You know, a lot of the, you know, the longer running races maybe get a little more notoriety. I mean, I'm kind of a history guy. So to me, you got to have part of that long running, uh, um, a long running event to make it uh, to make it count. And I think where Charlotte comes about is by being right there in the in a critical area to have at the center of racing uh, also to have these three premier events um, and to be crowning the champion for the world of outlaws. Those, those elements uh, along with the huge crowd that it draws, uh, that's what make it makes it uh, happen. So it doesn't have maybe the name recognition, I guess, is like the older time events, like the dirt track world championship or even the show me 100 or whatever. But, um, but I would definitely rank it as uh um, you know, if you if you pick out one of your friends who seems interested in racing and they're willing to go for a trip, that'd, that'd be, be the one uh, place to <laughs> debut somebody. And uh, uh, may, it might be overshooting a little bit. They might be disappointed the next race they go to. But but Charlotte would be a great place to expose somebody to uh, uh, really what short track dirt racing is all about. Right, Todd. I, yeah, like you said, it could be. It could bite you in the butt if you take a friend or a relative that's never been to the races you're like oh yeah we're here at the world finals isn't this great and just like i can't believe how many people here just nice facility and then like the following like couple months later they're going to the line i 100 with me at farmer city then they're like the expectations might fluctuate a little bit but yeah it's just a go- like just that in itself too comic fan just the facility yeah we might have to walk a few miles to get to the late model pit area but it is top notch and it just it feels like a Super Bowl type event. Yeah, definitely. I would say that like Charlotte, obviously, you know, with like the NASCAR ties and um, just it being essentially on the same property as, uh, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway and the one and a half mile track there. Um, it's uh, for sure a top five facility in our sport and so and it's just like i don't i don't even mind so it's like um i i like i don't even mind like the walk to the late late model pit area it's uh it's i'm serious like i don't mind it even though it is a long walk 
I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's cool to like, as you're on the walk down you get to, to the see lake everything. Yeah, you know, you get to see everything. You get to see people that you probably wouldn't normally see. Um, and like, you'll be surprised who you run into and, and uh, just like fans that you meet all across. Um, just like, for instance, like um, there's, there's this one like sprint car fans, fans like Facebook group that I ran into some people there like last year from like California, right? Like I would not see them otherwise. And then you would walk, you know, 10 feet and, and, and talk to somebody from North Carolina. And then you would go down the road like a little bit more and, uh, and uh, just, just meet some people from back at home or see some people from, from like back at home, some like familiar faces. So it's just, uh, it's just cool um, to, to just have a melting pot. Right. And um, I would like to see, at some point to um like i were just that one year or uh two years ago back in 2021 when brandon overton jumped in a sprint car for the the first time like on on the whim and uh just had people talking um just about that um off the wall offbeat experience there for him um just like things like that and then also uh Sprint car drivers and perhaps a big block modified driver or two like Matt Shepard. Um, you know, I don't, he's not racing a late model this week, but it'd be cool to just see more of like that crossover um, and uh, just uh, get, get more, you know, people to um, engage with, with, with just like outside of the, uh, their like focus or or their like preference of dirt racing so or dirt uh yeah just like dirt classes so um but yeah facility top notch uh the food obviously very good too like if we had food reviews like i'd be all over that um you know just like vendors and trucks and whatnot but no i mean it's um in the racing too like i feel like charlotte like is one of i feel like that with everything there just the event like in and of itself it can be really easy to overlook just how good the racing is and so uh like for instance like last year like when jonathan davenport you know just like hustled it all the way around the top i think he blew or he uh went from outside the top five to the lead and like a matter of like a handful of laps just by using the top and and um i mean it's 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 it can be a really racy place and so um i think that gets overlooked too just with the event atmosphere and the um just all the fanfare and you know such but yeah um it'll be a good week yeah and i would say just a few things since when i started going there and uh 2012 was my first one till now it's just i feel like the racing has definitely got better yeah they've had some questions with the surface surface but when we first started going that thing was just so wet and heavy that like it was it could have been dangerous and chaos sometimes so i think the racing has definitely got better uh also i think the shows are much more efficient kevin Kobach. i think when we were first going there i felt like we didn't leave that place until like 1 in the morning just because uh just a lot of a lot of racing going on 
I feel like World Racing Group has a very good plan. They start early. They have races constantly moving and going. But it can be, uh, if there's a delay, it definitely throws a, just a damper in the night. Like we've had a couple fence teardowns from sprint cars. Uh, obviously long nights if you have a lot of carnage. But it seems like for the most part, though, the shows are way more efficient than they used to be. Uh, it, the whole logistics of this whole event are, is pretty impressive, actually. I right. Mean, to, I mean, just think about, like, there's probably 17,000, 18,000 people there. I think that grandstand holds about 14,000 in that area, you know, 15,000. And there's still quite a few. There's, there's a grandstand. There's a bleachers on the back, people all around, people in the pits. Um, some people never even see the racetrack. They just sit down, they stay down in the bottom of the pits and just watch it on the big screen. Uh, it's and to keep all those moving parts, you got sprint cars up top, you got late miles and modifieds down below. Uh, and, and then there's a road that goes in between the two pit areas too. So you have traffic going through there and the, the traffic's going across with the, with the race cars and, and yet somebody directing everybody and, and checking tickets and checking pit bands. There, there is so much there. There's so many campers. There's, uh, the, the parking. There's so many people to, to check in and to get signed in. It's a it's a huge undertaking. I mean, unlike anything other than you could say probably you know the Knoxville Sprint Car Nationals or Eldora's World 100. Uh, just the sheer number of people at an event. And we're talking about a, the number of people that would be at like a you know a a, a, a basketball arena for for a, you know an NBA game. Uh, for this and it's definitely there's not too many races that even get into five figure numbers with uh, with fans um, and and to keep all that rolling and when you have this many cars and this many races you better be efficient you better be have all your your plans I mean everything in, in a good order or else man that thing is going to be a, a mess it's going to just be a cluster because you, you won't get you have to have the cars ready to go for after every race or it's going to stretch on forever. I mean, it's already a long show. If nothing goes wrong uh, in any of the divisions, it's going to be a long show with that many cars. And sometimes stuff has gone wrong. Like that one year, the one, the first night of, of the, the racing night, man, it was, I think it already had been a delay with some starting because of some rain and it was a little wet. And then the sprint cars were flipping out into the catch fence. They had to fix, I think, how many times, Derek? Maybe twice. I think they had to fix it twice, right? Uh, and we were down in the pits in the late miles. It was like two and a half hours, I think, before the sprint car heats were done. And and, and that show ended up stretching until, I believe, 3 or 3.30 in the morning. I would I, I think I banged my head on the tower window in the front there because i i kind of was nodded off waiting for the late bottle feature to finally come out it was so long and that contributed to the next day being postponed until sunday uh which is you know you don't want to have to run on sunday because the outlaw banquet was all you know something usually been on that day and uh and man it, it just if they would have started late again they i think the town would have like wanted to burn the racetrack down like if they're going to keep running until 3 30 in the morning so um Everyone was tired that day, uh, and and that's uh, that's the thing that can happen at Charlotte if uh, sprint cars start crashing a lot, which you never know. I mean, sprint cars, right, Kyle? You know, I mean, they're they're done quick or they're done. They take a while, so uh, uh, that that's that's a that, that's that thing that you always have to be uh, you know uh, they they have to be aware of. Try to get things done as to be as efficient as possible so that they can uh, you know not. You know, just to be able to be ready for those uh, unforeseen circumstances that always uh, crop up. 
uh, and also Kovac, we've we've met a few characters as well. Uh, we've seen the Teletubbies there. Uh, we also yep. have seen some good characters in the press box in the media center as well, right? <laughs> yeah, that's mean, right. There's always a lot of action up there, right? Huh? A lot of interesting characters. Yeah, last thing, Todd, as being just a media guy, you know, pretty much a, your whole career, just to have a nice media center. We don't get that perk a lot uh, in racing. So it's not like you sitting next to a toilet at the National 100 a few years back, but you get to sit in there, and if it's cold, you get the, you get the warm air. If it's hottish. You get the air conditioning. They have nice drinks. It's it's a good for a media member for once. It's kind of like a nice perk to end the season as well. Oh, yeah. That's one of the first best places I ever went and covered a race. And, the, um, you know, I have a, a little bit of a experience in history back in sports information at, at uh, Western Kentucky where I went to school. And, and I always remember people at the basketball games would run around and pass out the stat sheets and stuff. Well, that, that's not happening in any dirt track. Uh, however, it did happen to me at Charlotte. Like, I would be sitting yeah. there and covering the races, and somebody would come up and hand me results, and I was a little bit shocked that uh, I was actually sitting in this wonderful press room with this great view of the track. I can see the announcers or ask any questions. Uh, maybe there's a little pound cake. You know, whatever it is, it, uh, the, the creature comforts for the media folks uh, was very nice uh, in covering those races there. It's it. It's a fantastic facility. I mean, I think we're we're blessed in dirt racing that uh, um, that they built those tracks in Vegas and Texas and Charlotte uh, to give us um, you know the occasional uh, chance to race it that those uh, big tracks connected to the NASCAR folks. Yeah, they even got a media tent in the in the pit area as well, which helps out like the photogs and have to have a nice spot for them to sit up and do certain things uh kind of lost my thought here what was i going to say it was a, it was actually a good thought but what we'll the like re, we have to revisit that maybe here in a bit if i come up with it i'll i'll uh, think about it and share with you but uh any more any more final thoughts about uh charlotte or are you guys ready to go for one more thing no i i, I think I, I it's one of my favorite races of the year other than the the whole length of it it's like uh, i i um four days is uh is really stretching me here now but uh, I do like it. It's, it's something different than anything else that you go to any of these other crown jeweled races that we go to. It's certainly different than Eldora. I mean, Eldora, it, it's, it's such a, you know, the big race atmosphere, like, like the Charlotte race, like the world finals has, but man, you don't just go down the street and have a mall down there. You don't go down the street to your hotel. You know, you got to drive a half an hour, 20 minutes to at least a half an hour just to get to a hotel or, uh, uh, there's a late night. One another thing, Weldora does not have on uh, on Charlotte cookout, cookout. Right? Am I right? Yeah. Am I right, Derek? We know that after those races Hush are puppies. over, we got a place open, hush puppies, and super great service. Even though the line is always long in the drive-through, those cookouts around that area, we have that open. There's no other option in El at Eldora at late night after races are over. Um, if we miss the, the, the Taco Bell or McDonald's closing by usually 11 or maybe 12, it's up to – all it is, right, Todd will know this too. It's only going to this, the, the place in Salina, the, the little uh, gas station there that has some – they warm up some slices of pizza and throw them on the – you know, and under the lights there, and you can go get some of them. And it's a very interesting uh, uh, place there too. We, we saw a character there this year, right, Todd, that had a nice car, but he was yeah. looking for money to fill it up, I guess. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> so we don't have – Charlotte – 
all the amenities are right there, right down the street. It, it's just, uh, it's it, it's different than any other other race you're going to go to uh, a big show with so many people. Yeah, it's a great show. It's a finale that all the fans, the drivers, the race teams, the industry people, it's like a great thing to bring everybody together. It's kind of that one, other than maybe Volusia kind of has the same vibe where you see everybody in the industry from all different, uh, from like NASCAR, obviously the big blocks, late model sprint car people might be still hanging around there. It's kind of like that, the end of the year for us where we all can hang out, kind of like a nice big short track family reunion. Then occasionally you'll see the NASCAR guys with their sprint car teams are just hanging out before they head to Phoenix. But all in all, it's a fun weekend. It's a marquee event. It's uh, going to be here for a long time, I hope. And it's definitely one of my top five favorite events of the year. So the World Finals this weekend in Charlotte, how much has just grown in the 16-year history and how successful, probably the most successful uh, thing we've, Got our sport that's been created within the last two decades. Let's go back with saying in the chat. And hard to argue that. All right, one more thing, Kyle McFadden, you're going to lead off. I know you were the power hitter last week, but you're leading off this week. Yeah, so um, I was at the National 100 this past week in here. My first first experience at the National 100, and uh, it was uh, a good time, you know, for sure. And um, Chris Madden picked up the victory there, did a nice, nice uh, – feature on him so make sure to go check that out and uh could he be the favorite this week at the world finals i think he's for sure like one of the favorites right and so um you know i talked with with uh chris there for almost 20 minutes so um that i i think he's feeling good just about where he's at with his, his race team and and uh, that longhorn chassis and uh he's 13 races in, has a, a big win, um, $49,000 and, and six six podiums also, you know, in those 13 races. So uh, he's feeling good. Uh, I think he's back to, to that, like, quintessential Chris Madden that we saw last year. And so um, could set him up here for a big week and uh, which could set him up for a, a big start, you know, to the season next year so um we'll we'll just have to see how far he can carry that momentum and uh i think he's he's good for at least one win this week yeah chris smoky madden building up some late season momentum as he had to charlotte a guy that's uh, pretty pretty damn good at the at the is it three eights i don't know the exact actual size but oh, i'll just go three eights model something like that four, four tenths. tenths okay yeah, yeah. four tenths we'll go with that here at the the world finals. Todd, what about you? Well, I, pardon me. I had to look on my phone. I was looking up a pound cake recipe for uh, Kyle. And so I was oh. him what he needs to get. No, I'm kidding. That's not one my one, my one more thing. All, uh, my thing will be about uh, check out Bobby Pierce's uh, uh, social media. I, I like how he made light of uh, those of us that were skeptics of him running the world of outlaws. And, um, and I think some of us in this room and uh, some of us others uh, in the media world, certainly uh, when he rolled into Volusia last uh, January, uh, saying he was going to run the World of Outlaws, I think uh, many of us were uh, quite skeptical and probably said so uh, in this forum uh, or on, or on uh, the Dirt on Dirt website or whatever. So anyway, good for, good for Bobby for making it. And I'm glad he's got a little bulletin board material to uh, – uh, to maybe get him pumped up about this weekend at Charlotte. 
Yeah, I hope that none. Of, I don't think I was called out personally. I hope I haven't watched the video. I mean, if he did, then that you're welcome, Bobby, for the you know motivation to get done with that championship. But I think I was the only one that's not you. Not you, Derek. All right, I said he was going to run the whole year. I was going to represent my Illinois boy. But uh, yeah, that that was pretty funny. He uh, he he got the uh, Justin Fielder got him pretty good there, and uh, they're kind of going back and forth. I think Justin did a video today that just posted it within the last hour, so go check that out, his response to Bobby Pierce making some uh, good jokes towards them. That was good stuff. See, we can interact with the drivers and the fans. Like, you know, we can have a good time like that. Uh, my one more thing is I'm just going to apologize to one man. I know he looks forward to seeing me every single year at the World Finals. Uh, I don't get to see him as much anymore, but Gary Stuhler, I apologize uh, with our baby Chloe on the way. It was probably safe for me not to go to world finals because I did not want to be like 14 hours away when, if something crazy happened. So I am skipping the world finals this year, but I will be back next year, Gary. So you don't have to worry about me. You don't have to be my DD uh, or whatever, hang out. But Gary Stuhler, I apologize. And maybe you can try a piece of pizza this weekend as well, Kovac. Just that's all I want from him this weekend is try some pizza. So sorry, Gary. Yeah, I- you're a great driver. We're good friends, but I will not be here this weekend. That's right. So, Gary, he does not have to worry about uh, getting you back to the hotel after going out to the Iron Horse Saloon there, whatever that's called, right? Because I did get a call last year uh, on that Iron off Thunder. night. Iron Thunder, whatever it is, you know. I did get a call. Gary Stuhler actually was you, – you're going to be able to get Derek or – do I have to get him? Because he asked me, but then he disappeared. So I don't even know where he's at. we got to make sure that we get Derek back to the hotel. So I, I'm I came fine, out Gary. and, you know, I don't know, Derek was dancing outside with the with the bouncer or something when I was waiting for him. I don't know what was going on there. It was crazy. Boy. All right. Was, one more he thing, Kovac. We don't have to talk for, about Rare that. form. Rare form. All right. My one more thing. I, it, on, uh, on Tuesday, it was announced that uh, Mark – uh, Mike Marler, after last week, uh, the, the the news came that uh, his car owner, longtime car owner, Ronnie Delk, was going to be, you know, backing away from racing, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. I mean, I still feel like, man, that guy is going to want to come back eventually someday. Uh, he, he's not he's not an old man or anything. So I think yeah, maybe we'll probably haven't seen the last of him somewhere down the road. But Mike Marler now, he's going to be taking over that second seat with the, the Skyline Motorsports team with uh, of Greg Brunick. He's going to be Tyler Brunick's uh, uh, teammate taking the place of Shane Clanton, who doesn't have any plans yet for next year. He's still working on that. He says uh, he'd been with uh, Skyline since mid-2019 uh, when uh, Chris Madden left the team uh, you know, as, as Brunick's teammate. So now Marler goes to that. He's going to start out this weekend uh at uh at charlotte it'll be his first uh his debut with the team and it's going to be a little strange he's going to have a 157 on the car but it's black and red so it's going to be a little bit different of a look here get used to that for for mike Marler. i i just seen a picture of the car before we started the podcast on facebook it does look pretty it looks like a pretty neat, neat looking uh looking piece so uh we'll check it out this weekend at charlotte yeah, big breaking news. Silly season continues to start earlier and earlier every year. We had a few things about a month ago, a couple weeks ago. Now we have the big news uh, of Mike Marler joining the Iowa-based race team for World Finals and the start of next season. Uh, we wish him luck. Uh, we wish all the competitors luck at the World Finals. If you cannot be there, be sure to check it out with our good friends at Dirt Vision. It'll be live all four nights there. We got the big block modifieds. We got... The World of Outlaw Sprint Cars and Late Models. Always a fun time at the marquee event 
at the World Finals. Uh, we have racing. Be sure to check out the results from Cherokee last night. Uh, be sure to check out all the stories we got coming up this week. Keep your browsers locked into dirtondirt.com. Next week, we'll have the Peach State Classic on Flow Racing. We'll talk about that next week. Until next time, this is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching. Oh, 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 oh